0: Good morning. Welcome to the morning chat with Ed Ballinger here on 97.7 FM, 1450 AM WAOV Vincennes, and 97.3 FM in Washington. We are broadcasting from the Oakham Chrysler Dodge, Jeep Ram Fiat, WAOV Studio. Our first guest this morning is Ranger Joe Heron from the George Rogers Clark National Park. Good morning. Good morning. Is is uh, now? Have we slowed down now that school has
1: started, or there's a little bitty lull, but it's almost a blink and you miss it type of lull? Because because uh, I come come September, we're gonna get those retirees and more seniors. Uh, traveling through Uh, but we've had some busy days the last couple weeks okay just people Mm -hmm. wanting to get out Mm -hmm. i think so uh just getting those last minute uh weekend type trips in this little two day trip so it's been a lot of people in state um we did a thing on uh one of the bloomington stations or late last month and so we've been getting just a handful of people that have caught that Uh, that are coming over but of course our national park visitors uh the people with stamp books the national park travelers is actually a club for them Every time they have a big function somewhere in the Midwest, I can tell when they're coming through because they're asking for all the rubber stamps uh, <laughs> for visiting the park. But uh, we've been steady. It's It's been a nice nice flow, actually.
0: Good, so, good, yeah. good. Are they new groups you've never seen before? Oh, yeah,
1: yeah. A lot of out-of-state folks. Uh, it, it, a handful inside. Uh, but, yeah, you, typically uh, people like that, the stampers, are people that have never been here. They can be from anywhere in the country. Uh, it's a nice variety,
0: you know. And I, I have heard that a lot of senior groups do travel in the fall. Weather breaks a little bit; it's not as hot,
1: mm-hmm. and um, when no kids, that's no, the plus. Yeah. yeah, the kids are back in school, so you don't have you don't have kids running around. So I think that's what a lot of the retirees like.
0: Okay, yeah. So that's uh, that's good news. Mm-hmm. All right. So it looks like a busy September. Um, anything historically coming up?
1: uh historically like uh our our talks our programs Mm -hmm. all of our anything oh yeah um we actually only got one uh, junior ranger day out because of weather this year um so we rescheduled uh three-fourths day but before that i've got natural resource day in about a week and a half august 26th Uh, this is one we do every year uh, we really get, uh, you know, we're history, 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 but this gives us a chance to kind of stretch our legs with, with science and biodiversity and things like that. Um, you met uh, Ranger April case, our new ranger, uh, more of a science ranger than we've had before. So uh, she's really going to be in her element and, and uh, it's good for us to, to show all sides of, of the park because it is a nice green natural space. Yeah. It is. yeah.
0: So you got the Sheldon
1: Cooper over there. Right? <laughs> not, not so awkward, but yeah, yeah, but she is I more science. Oh yeah, as far as science, yeah, yeah she's that's what she's I mean. great for uh, everything coming up with the eclipse. Uh, she's done a lot of astronomy programming and uh, geology and that type of which not with the astronomy, but um, so yeah, she's got a really good background for stuff we've got coming up. Okay, so the um,
0: <clears throat> so I wouldn't say the Junior Ranger series. They are make-goods then on these dates, which is Mm -hmm. good.
1: Astronomy night is going to be big. Oh, always, yeah. Yeah, it's going to be and its way. It's like October 21, Mm -hmm. Uh, so it's way out there a bit. But we always kind of look for what's going on in the sky and wait for a good uh, new moon. So, you know, you don't want to do it in full moon when it's so bright. Uh, So we we wait for the best time, and we're still trying to get the park a little darker each time. Uh, We turn off more and more lights each time we do this program, and that's also training us for – the eclipse next year because we don't want some of the things that are uh solar run to start going off when we're trying to enjoy the darkness the daytime darkness next year
0: right right and we'll talk more about the eclipse here in the next segment sure um as far as uh the rest of this year though um just going to keep you know people are enjoying the park mm-hmm. coming i i guess the thing is you gotta get excited about first time visitors. I know there are some times that repeat visitors, yeah, you know I'm, I'm, the military museum has repeat visitors. I know Red Skelton Museum has repeat visitors once
1: in a while. but do you get that many? I mean, Repeats uh I'm, a handful, yeah, usually people that are have people visiting, you know somebody's in town, let's go see the monument. uh there are people who who make a pilgrimage you know every year or two that will come see us. Uh, but sadly, yeah, I get some people, it's like, I hadn't been here since fourth grade and they're older than me, you know? So, I mean, it, it happens, uh, both ways, but we do get some repeats. I think military museum, it's probably more of a, you know, more, you know, people that come two, three times a year.
0: Well, yeah. not only that, but, yeah. uh, they kind of, they update their equipment and Sure, stuff. I mean, sure. you know, and same way with Red Skelton, it's a different display Yeah, for you. It's. This is history right here. <laughs> this is the thing. Yeah,
1: I mean we've uh, we've improved our exhibits, but overall the aesthetic of it, everything. We've had them for almost fifty years, uh, so that's why. And we're in the middle of a design phase right now. In fact, I had to turn notes in on a design, some ideas yesterday. Uh, but it's going to be a major overhaul. It's it's going to have some flow to it. Right now, it just seems to be pieces of the story. But we're really going to have something impressive up in about a year and a half. Sure. So, yeah, sure. Um, so, again, the eclipse is the big thing. But, uh,
0: again, there's nothing. We're, we're getting close to a historical time. Mm-hmm. Still a little
1: ways out, aren't we? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. We're going to hit some benchmarks here real soon. Yeah.
0: yeah. Benchmarks. I benchmarks, like that word. <laughs> yeah.
1: Uh, I just, just those dates there, you know, it's kind of silly, but it is, I mean, we come up on a, a five or a zero on a date and it does get the extra attention. People start to, to kind of give it its due. All right. What about construction out there? How's that going? Construction, uh, unfortunately, it's on hold. We were hoping that would start in October. Um, it looks like contracts are actually going to run until about March. Uh, so it may be it may be a while before we see the work on the bridge start back up. Uh, it's just it's just things beyond our control. Um, but it is coming back. It is moving ahead. I know a lot of people have been concerned. A lot of people are asking. Um, and it it will happen. It's going to take a lot longer putting it back than it did taking it down. Yeah, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah that, that's the nature of the beast. It is absolutely. Yeah, it's uh uh harder to to create than destroy. The old saying. Yeah, yeah.
0: let's let's yeah. hope they don't wait till next April first or something. No, no. <laughs> I
1: I I would bet it's going to be after the after the eclipse. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and and hopefully, gosh, hopefully it'll work around uh everything that's going on in the community and and um, harvest and everything we we hope i again may be out of our control but but that's something we're gonna shoot for
0: have you ever thought about changing the process of one how they visit the? uh as far as the visitors that come in every day yeah i mean, it, I, mean I mean i mean they start the visitor center they right? do
1: they really need to um i think so because the murals when they were put in are really just They're these big chunks of story and we try to have context for it. We have a seven minute audio tour or we have placards with each one. If people like to go through and self tour. Uh, But that film, it's a half hour film. It's a kind of a long film for a park film, but a half hour film film will tell you everything. It's, it's our best walkthrough with the story uh, for, for people that, go through that part of it, they they do make more of a connection than I think. And when they go in the monument, the monument's beautiful, but they're not necessarily getting the George Rogers Clark story. Not They're missing huge chunks. The why, I think, is part of it. You know, why were they coming here? You know, it's uh, it doesn't get as much into 1777 and, and the violence and everything, so. Okay, all right. Yeah.
0: That makes sense there, too. Yeah. All right, the um, overall... Uh- I guess if somebody comes, visits, takes a tour, they go to the visitor center, then they go see them. They see the movie, Mm -hmm. then they visit the memorial. Yes.
1: Okay. Um, What is that? Two hours? Oh, I'd say it's an hour, hour and a half, really. Okay. okay. Yeah, depending on how much they take in. We've added uh, the outdoor signage. We're up to about ten signs now. Um, If we ever get the riverbed filled in, we'll we'll add a couple more even uh, because there'll be a trail along. But there's more outside now, uh, if you are going around trying to read signs. Uh, if you come after 5 p.m., you know that's another option. Um, for people that just like to walk the park, uh, we do have more of that information. And we try to make it something that, that blends in with the environment, it doesn't take away from what's already there, it doesn't interrupt the kind of historical flow.
0: Okay. And that's whole, that's whole key right there, isn't it? It's a flow. Yeah,
1: it is a flow. There, there's definitely a, a way that people like to visit and like to kind of circle the memorial. And, and you try to make it easy for them and, and make sense. Okay. Um, so will the hours change? I think we're going to be 9 to 5 for the foreseeable future uh memorial is about the same Uh, i think we we do cut it off about 15 minutes short at the end of the day just so we can get flags down get everything rolled up um no changes there yeah for the the half hour film i always tell people get there by 4 p.m if you really want to see everything get a good hour in
0: okay let's take a break we'll have more after this on waov Welcome back to the morning chat with Ed Ballinger here on WAOV. Joe Heron from the George Rogers Clark National Park, our guest this segment. And, uh, you know, we we have not talked much about the eclipse last uh, couple of months with with at least the effect on your park, which uh, I got to think it's going to be immense because I think if there's one central area that people are going to gather, it's got to be at the park.
1: I think so. Uh, some of the hardcore folks are probably going to go out into the county, um, find places that are they're away from the city lights and the solar, the things that will come on uh, with sensors and whatnot. But I think a lot of people are going to gravitate towards the park and and Riverwalk and even down to Wabash Trails. Um, so, what we're going to do um, for the Saturday Sunday leading up is we are going to have almost like. Almost we do with Junior Ranger days, we're going to have little stations out and not just for kids. We're going to have some interpretive time to come in and talk about what's going on a little bit on Sunday, a little bit on even Saturday and Monday. And of course, Monday afternoon, it's just going to be a, a gradual kind of darkening that'll mm-hmm. go on. And then, of course, that four plus minutes of complete darkness. Um, we're not going to be able to provide glasses the way we did last time. I think, uh, we, we had some sources that were giving us kids glasses and I ended up being kind of the last minute stop for that. So I don't, I'm not going to be able to do that on that scale. Um, but there's going to be a lot of opportunities, I think, this time around for people to get glasses. Mm-hmm. People are already selling glasses mm-hmm. in the community. So. Sure, sure, yeah. So definitely get your glasses early. I uh, don't don't wait till last minute. So, yeah.
0: <laughs> so what do you guys do in to plan for this? I mean, we we know the city has a plan. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if you if you want a porta potty, you're going to be able to find one pretty yep. easily <laughs>
1: <laughs> in the town. If you're, yeah. you're trying if you're trying to go out and uh, uh, rent some porta. You're not going to find them there. They're grabbing those up. Uh, port of johns is going to be a thing, getting meals. We don't know how congested the roads are going to be. Uh, of course, the city's working on emergency services, that type of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but we are going to be kind of the upfront. We're going to help people with the science. Uh, make sure people get through it safely. That's going to be the big thing. And yeah. uh, don't wait kids... Burning up, you know, the retinas trying to look at the thing in the wrong way. Right. Right. Yeah.
0: yeah. You know, one thing I haven't asked is I probably need to ask
1: Sarah this as far as what about pets? Uh, I mean, with the park, the rules are always this. Oh, as far as whether they'll hurt themselves, that's a really good question. Uh, I would think so, but it almost seems like wildlife is maybe. Smart enough not to look at the sun? I yeah. don't know. <laughs> well, see, yeah. I, I tell yeah. people,
0: uh, you know, there's always talk. Where are you going to be at when this happens? Yeah. I'm going to be on my deck in my house with my two outdoor dogs. Sure. And we're going to look at it. And if I think it's too bad, they're going to go in. Yeah, that's can, smart. But, uh, yeah. but that's where I'm going to be. I'm going to be away from people because I want to enjoy it myself.
1: That's good. Yeah. I mean. It'll but, be everywhere in town. I mean, I mean yeah. I yeah.
0: mean, everybody's going to experience it somewhere. Mm-hmm. It's not like... Uh, a solar eclipse where you have to get at a certain place to really see it i mean this is going to cover us all
1: it is we'll, we'll all have some view of it yeah yeah it's going to be i think the sun should be high enough in the sky we just hope for good weather that's yeah. the one could thing. be yeah, the longest
0: four minutes we've ever had
1: could be <laughs> <laughs> it could be but uh, i think it'll be fine
0: yeah you know what just the anticipations we're talking about sure you know the the, the things that could happen you oh know, yeah, I mean, yeah. but that's why you plan. And I'll tell you what: kudos to everybody involved in the city of Incense and in the county Knox County is really. You have got every possible scenario nailed down.
1: They're trying. I mean, yep. oh
0: my goodness, talking with people about. I mean, they got you know what together. <laughs> I mean, yeah. it's just
1: they're looking at a lot of different scenarios and and talking it through and and talking to businesses. I. I think we're going to... I think it's going to be a, a really good thing for the community. Yeah. I do. I do. Wow. Anyway, I look forward to it. Yeah, most definitely.
0: Yeah. yeah. Now, how does something like this fit in with history?
1: Oh, gosh. With Clark, it's uh, great because uh, when they were clearing Falls of the Ohio, uh, they had a solar eclipse. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Clark kind of... He, he, not in a mystical way, but he very much was like, well, this must be a good sign, you know, that we're doing this. Uh um, but even up until Tecumseh as brother of the prophet, uh, his brother had foreseen it, you know, known it was coming, and was able to utilize it to kind of get their troops kind of um, wow. excited for what's going on. If if you can say we're going to blot out the sun, you know, to people that don't really understand it or haven't seen that um, it can be a powerful message to them. Yeah. So I think, uh, definitely with the prophet and, and of course, Tecumseh and with even with George Rogers Clark. So uh, we're going to be talking a lot about that historical aspect as we go through it. We'll, we'll have some quotes and, uh, work that history in,
0: you know, the one thing is that I'm anxious to see how many people stick up their cell phones. At that eclipse? Oh, uh, for What, like, what, what yeah. will the results
1: be? Uh, you really want to filter uh, a camera. And I think even for a cell phone, you'll want some sort of... They may even make a cover, uh, but you do want to block that lens because it's not the best thing for the lens either. Oh, and yeah, how many... Yeah.
0: Gosh, Facebook Lives. Oh, it'll be all over America. Sure. <laughs> I think so. Yeah, yeah. We're here, Vincent. You know, Vincent's going to get a name. I mean, it's sure. I mean. You know, people gonna come watch it. You know, now there is a path that people could go in the state of Indiana mm-hmm. that that gets not not maybe as long as it's been since, but mm-hmm. we'll be long enough.
1: We'll be long enough. I mean, Evansville's gonna have stuff. Uh, these other communities are, but we do have the longest. And for people that follow them, and there is a group of people that follow these events, uh, that we're gonna be we're gonna be a high point for them. We, we've got the <laughs> longest for a community. We've got the longest time of darkness yeah wow
0: we haven't talked about it for a while so it's kind of but good sure. to talk about it probably uh, need to talk more about it I guess yep. but um, and i'm sure first of the year it's really going to kick in high gear
1: oh it, okay. it already has but yeah. what, what are you guys uh-huh. having
0: to do to plan for this i mean i mean you know your land it's
1: it's beautiful land but it's gonna get trampled <laughs> yeah. Uh, maybe I'm thinking almost like a, a souped up 4th of July. I mean, there's, we're going to have to worry about trash pickup. We are going to have to worry about logistics. Uh, of course, extra trash cans, uh, the porta Johns. Um, there's all of that. Uh, and of course we're going to have to communicate with law enforcement just like everybody else in the community. So, um, yeah, there's, there's all that aspect of it. And and as well as being giving interpretive talks, we're probably going to hopefully bring in a couple extra rangers, even if we have to borrow them from another park. Oh, good. So, yeah. Okay. Wow.
0: Bring it on. It's I hope be, so. Yeah. It's going to be, <laughs> be history making. Yeah. It? I think so.
1: All right. Um, we mentioned some of the benchmarks. What's going to be the first one coming up? Gosh, um, the start of the American Revolution uh, will be the two fiftieth of that will be twenty twenty five. So, And, of course, that goes through, it really goes through about eight years. Um, for our battle, that'll be 2029. And someone was saying something a few weeks ago, like, well, that'll, we'll, be, we'll be done with it then. I was like, no, 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 because the memorial, the construction started on that in 1931 uh, and finished in 33. So we're going to have a centennial of that. We could have a centennial of when FDR came you know and in gosh that'll be 36 you know something I there's I, there's I, all I, sorts of things i don't know that'll be around i mean I, it's yeah i I'm here around so, <laughs> so it's not going to matter you know but enjoy it <laughs> it's going there's a lot coming up i mean yeah. it's uh cuz this was kind of that era i mean when they were designing the memorial originally i think the thought was commemorating the 150th at that point and depression and and raising the money and all the logistics again, everything together. Of course, it did push off into the nineteen thirties. Somebody yeah.
0: once told me, said, "You know how? You know if you're a history geek,
1: I go how? He go, you know dates. You know dates. Yeah, that's that's the whole thing. <laughs> you know dates. Yeah, and yeah. some people get kind of muddled in it. I I kind of like the the organization of it though. It, it, yeah, for me it it works well. Yeah, yeah. and
0: it's yeah. and you always talk in chronological
1: order too. It's not I try like to. You yeah. jump,
0: jump, jump, jump. You know. So yeah,
1: it's it's easy to lose people that way. Yeah. yeah.
0: All right. Uh, have the hours changed?
1: No, no, still nine to five, uh, half hour movie. Always ask folks, uh, come by the visitor center first, uh, just for staffing. We're kind of moving into the off and we will have less people working. So it's, it is better to swing by first. Talk to us at the visitor center. Make sure we, we will, we'll get you in the memorial, but sometimes it's a matter of waiting five minutes for the movie to wrap up or something like that. All right,
0: Mm -hmm. appreciate you stopping by. We'll see you next month. Thanks for having me. All right, stay tuned. More of the morning chat coming up on WAOV. Welcome back to the morning chat with Ed Ballinger here on 97.7 FM. 1450 AM, WAOV Vincennes, 97.3 FM in Washington, broadcasting from the Oakham Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram Fiat, WAOV Studio, Denise swing from CASA joins us this segment. Good morning. Good morning, Ed. So how are you doing today?
2: I'm doing wonderful okay. this morning.
0: You, you took your glasses off on me. Just, yeah. Okay. All right. <laughs> I am so attentive.
2: <laughs> well, you know, I'm at that age now and I need them to read. And I, <laughs> I need them
0: for everything. <laughs> Thanks. Okay. All <laughs> right. Well, first of all let me ask you, are you a uh Do you have any classes going on right now?
2: Yes, we currently do have uh, three volunteers um, in training, and it's not too late to sign up. They have taken, um, they're currently in three sessions, in the third session. This week, they were in the courtroom doing observation. And so if somebody's interested, they could just jump right in that class and we could actually, you know, fill them in on what they have missed in the classes that have already taken. Um, We will have a swearing in. On September, um, yeah, September the 11th. So there are, is time to join that session. Um, in that session, those three uh, volunteers that are in there, we got a vi- wide range of um, people. One is an attorney in Kentucky. She moved back to Vincennes This is her um, hometown, and uh, so she does still a little bit of legal work in. Uh, Kentucky just remotely um, but she said that she really would love to give back to our community so that's one the other one is a retired um, professional and the other one is currently still employed and just wanted to give back so you know we just have just a wide yeah. variety of people just wanting to give back to our community and actually really enjoying the training that they're in um, and enjoyed the um, observation in the courtroom they they didn't get to see as many um, hearings as they normally do so we're going to give them another opportunity to come back to the courthouse and observe Uh, just because that particular day we had some hearings that uh, were able to be uh, dismissed due to maybe reunification or um, you know different things that had happened, Mm -hmm. so uh, they only got to see a couple hearings that day. Okay,
0: Uh, so, I mean, three sounds like a good number.
2: Yes, yes, because, you know, right now we are at uh, 22 volunteers that are actively serving and... um, you know, like I always say, those males, we really need them to step up to the plate. We have three male volunteers and then 19 female volunteers. So, um, but it's still not enough and volunteers to serve all the children that we have, um, children here in Knox County. Uh, we have 16 children that are waiting on a volunteer here in Knox County. So, you know, if, anybody's wanting to volunteer they certainly would be able to go through this training and be able to take that case because of those children who are still waiting actively for a volunteer
0: yeah the other thing is um I guess I need to ask, how many chins cases do you have right now?
2: So uh, right now we're sitting at 106 chins cases for this year. So our numbers are up significantly from COVID. You know, uh, during COVID, we, we got to 80, we were around 80 some cases. So um, those numbers are, inc- you know, going back up. Pre-COVID, we were 200, you know, Um those, the cases just ebb and flow, but as we know, cases weren't being reported during COVID. A lot of cases that are reported are, you know, um, teachers in school, you know, that's where cases are being seen, um, and those cases are reported. So, um, But our numbers are going back up.
0: Well, oh, so, so is the jail's population? So is, Yes. We're, we're seeing it, it all. You can just tell.
2: Yes, absolutely. Numbers don't lie. No, they don't. Um, Just um, if you see something, say something. You know, it's everybody is a mandated reporter here in Knox County, and so it is your right to you know keep our children safe here in Knox County.
0: The um, the cases that you do have, you know, and I know you can't go into a lot of details, but do we see a lot of more than just one child involved?
2: Um, Yes, because you know it may be um, people who are dating. And so maybe the you know a guy a male has children and he's dating a, a woman or another male and they have children and so they may be together and then the case opens so you know both those sets of children are involved in that case um, so or they may be over at grandma's and a case opens and so you may have multiple families involved that way um, yes so. A lot of times there are multiple children in that case, um, you know, not just one. Um, But then again, you know, we may have that just one case that may open and just that one child in that case. But whenever we have a volunteer, we ask that that volunteer would take all the children in that case and serve all the children.
0: Do you like, um, you know, the three volunteers, once they get past September 11th, Are they ready to take on a case?
2: Yes, and we do have the another uh, seasoned volunteer kind of walk along that case with them for a few months just because we need that support they need that support or if we don't have a, a seasoned volunteer to do that we'll have a paid staff advocate or a case coordinator there alongside them because uh, you know right at the very beginning you're you have a lot of questions you know you're not real sure of yourself and any job you do or any volunteer volunteerism that you do And we want to make sure they have 100 support right alongside them and so um you know we just don't throw them out to the wolves <laughs> 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 per se we just make sure that they do have that support alongside them
0: okay as you look uh, past september 11th now you get you you're, you get these volunteers taken care of then try to get another class in before the end of the year?
2: Yes, we will. Um, Right away, we've already got some people that are interested but weren't able to get into this class and so we will um, have it one more session before the end of the year.
0: Okay. You know, I think over the years you've really, and I hate using the word branded CASA, but I mean you have. People know what CASA is. I think more and more they do. Yes, Uh, But I still think there's that part of them that just doesn't understand the... Depth of what Kossad goes through. I mean, what this, what you really do. Yes.
2: Yeah, so we are court-appointed special advocates. So we are appointed by the court to be that voice of the child in the courtroom, and we are officers of the court, and um, we serve the child. So we do see the child once a month. We are. We attend court hearings. We also attend any child family team meeting. If we aren't invited to the child family team family team meeting, we um, have access to those notes that do take place during that family team meeting. We meet with anybody that the child may be in contact with and our access to those documents um, that regard the parent or the child. Um, And we, being party to that case um, allows us to um, talk to those people that are involved as parties to the case. And to be able to make fact based recommendations in what's in the best interest of the child.
0: Okay, all right. Um, gosh, I just, you know, these numbers going up. It's, it's it's a concern
2: yes it is and the biggest concern that I have is these children that don't have that voice and um, because it really is impactful for those children that do have that voice in the courtroom and the difference that their case makes so for those 16 children who don't you know they do have the program appointed to them so when I say the program it's you know, CASA programs, so we do have case coordinators that attend court and uh, every hearing, and s- uh, the supervisors will, you know, hear their case, And but it's not putting eyes on those children every month like a CASA would, a volunteer would. So that's what's so impactful is to have that volunteer seeing those kids hearing their wishes and making those recommendations in what's in their best interest. So, um, you know, it takes about 10 hours a month, max, that Mm -hmm. you spend on your case. That's, you know, uh, seeing the child, putting your notes in our data system, which is called Optima, um, and attending any meetings. And if you can't attend the court hearings, you can't attend any child family team meetings, um, writing a court report, which we walk you along that process, but max ten hours a month you're going to spend giving your time to a child. Um, what
0: are these reports? You, what are these reports like?
2: Um, so basically, you are telling the court, this is what I've I've done during the month. This is what I've seen. This is how many times I've seen the child, um, and this is what I feel is in the best interest of the child. And it's a a template, you know. We're going to give you, and basically, you're just going to tell the child, the judge, this is what's in the child's best interest. Um, it's not a difficult report to write. It's just going to be all factual. So that's what makes it so easy. It's not something you're making up. It's mm-hmm. everything that you've seen and done that month. Um, and you're not going to do it monthly. You're going to do it um, three to six months. Because it's only done at review hearings and permanency hearings. So at different uh, junctures in the case. And so you're going to know this child. You're going to know this case by the time you get to that point of writing a court report. And so, you know... um,
0: But wait a minute. You don't want to get too close to the child though, right? Exactly.
2: (laughs) But you're going to know that child well enough to be able to make those recommendations to the court. And... Uh, there will be no doubt in your mind what's in that child's best interest okay. at that point in the case,
0: and that doesn't. The best interest is not you; it's not the volunteer. No, no, because you told me, you told me <laughs> m- a year ago that you don't do that, and I and you said it firmly.
2: Yeah, and um, you know, you you definitely. Um, a lot of people say you know i'd want to take the children home with me and and i shared with you those children don't want to go home with you i assure you of that they want to go home to their parents yeah exactly
0: you Um, might be the greatest thing in their life right now but you're not mom or dad.
2: That's right. Every child wants to go home to their parents. Yeah.
0: yeah, I yeah. can see that. I can see that. That would be a, a lesson to learn. <laughs> I'm, and I'm sure it's part of the training.
2: Yes, absolutely. Um, no matter what that home is like, it's still their home. And children want to go back to their home.
0: Yeah. Denise gives me this glare. Like, <laughs> I, you know where I'm going, Ed, and I do know where you're going. But I want the listener to know where you're going, yes. to. All right. Yes. Okay. Where does fall? Excuse me, where's foster parents come in on something like this?
2: So, oh, they're such wonderful people, and the people that stand in that place while the parent isn't able to parent their child. And, um, you know, they can um, enter to be party to that case as well, but at that very mo- moment in time, they aren't party to the case. They're just the placement of the child. And um, so, you know, whatever you're... Advocating for the child, you want to know that uh, where their place is. They are the placement of the child, yeah. and um, they um, are definitely a great support to the child, and you need to know that, that they are a wonderful support. You're going to visit the child there at that home and make sure that all their needs are met there. And um, But you're also going to make sure that you're advocating for reunification because that's what we do is want to make sure these kids are you know going back to where they came from mm-hmm. and when it's safe and um, if they have if they have been removed from that home because um, that's our number one goal is reunification of all children good
0: good all right, all right. well now we want volunteers Yes. we want volunteers. We love that male volunteers. Okay, but <laughs> you know, male want...
2: volunteers are in need yeah. um, at all times, and that's just kind of what we do. But there's other ways that you could give back to the CASA program if you're wanting to volunteer. You know, um, definitely our outreach to the community, you know, spreading the awareness of CASA, um, because the more that people hear about CASA, maybe they'll want to volunteer at the right point in their life. Um, also um, is we do blanket bundles for our children. Um, every child who gets removed gets a blanket bundle. So um, they are blankets that are cut and tied by the community, which um, our local high schools are amazing. They're commu- consumer science programs. Um, The children learn about abuse and neglect, and they cut and they tie these blankets, and then they bring them back to our program. So it is a community-wide program, truly, Um, but you also can be a part of our Blanket Bundle Project if you want to and um, make a difference in the life of a child because a lot of times they're removed and they have nothing. And this is something that we give back to them um, so whenever they maybe get removed into a foster home, then they can take this um, blanket bundle, which has hygiene products in it, and, you know, socks and books. And, but that warm blanket to cuddle up with is always nice.
0: Okay. What seems to be the—is the, it, is it a time— uh, factor why they people won't volunteer that what they tell you um, they like to do this but they just don't have time or or is it they're scared of the court system
2: um. or. The number one thing is always I want to take them home with me. Uh, You know, yeah, I hear that more than I hear anything else, truly, Ed, Mm -hmm. um, is I think they feel they would get too close to the child, where that's something that we talk about and we train about in our training is, you know, that uh, professional distance that we keep with the kiddo. Because Mm -hmm. if that case Uh, Say you take a case and, you know, you've served this child and then that case were to close. You want to have that professional distance with them because if that case were to open, we would ask you, the volunteer, to take that case again. And that has happened. And if you stay too close to the child, then there wouldn't be that uh, professional distance that you would be able to go back on that case and be... um, able to make those you know best interest recommendations for that child.
0: Right, right. Okay. Wow. It's uh it's tough. I mean, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. To be a volunteer's tough.
2: Yeah. <laughs> it is, but, but it's it's so
0: rewarding. rewarding. Thank it you. It
2: really is. I mean, as much as um, you're giving to the child, you really get back so much more in the joy seeing a child reunified. With their parent or if it the time comes and an adoption happens it's just um really really um a blessing as well right. for a child to have permanency in their life
0: okay if anybody is interested or needs more information How you go about getting it
2: so you know we'd love to see you face to face always um you're welcome to come to our office at 112 north 7th street we are right across from the courthouse we share an office with our veterans office and also you hey can, to marty <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> okay. marty uh, yeah quackenbush is in our office And you can also go to our website because there's lots of information about CASA and there's a link on there to fill out an application. And our uh, website is uh, knoxcountycasa.com. So you could go there as well as like our Facebook page at Knox County CASA.
0: Wow. All right. Let's get some volunteers. Let's get some mails. Line up. All right.
2: (laughs) Thank you so much. Thank
0: you, Denise. Stay tuned. More of the Morning Chat coming up on WAOV. Welcome back to the Morning Chat with Ed Ballinger here on 97.7 FM, 1450 AM, WAOV Vincennes. 97.3 FM in Washington, broadcasting from the Oakham Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram Fiat WAOV Studio. Our next guest this morning is Holly Bruner. Good morning. Good morning. Okay, an event coming up for Cystic Fibrosis, is that correct?
3: Yes. Okay, all right.
0: First of all, tell me about yourself, Holly.
3: Um, I am a teacher at South Knox. Um, I teach special education. I have kindergarten, first, and second graders there, Um, and I love teaching. Um, I am married to my husband, David. He is a deputy with the Sheriff's Department here in Knox County, Um, and I have two boys. Isaac is almost three, and Emmett is eight months. Okay, great. Wow, wow.
0: Isaac's almost three. He is. He is three. Oh my gosh. He
3: w- he will be three oh, okay. uh, middle of September, oh, so yeah. coming oh. up. I've seen him grow. Okay,
0: <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay, I didn't realize that. All right. Well, anyway, Holly's here to talk about cystic fibrosis. Yep. we we'll have an event coming up we'll get to here in a little bit uh, towards the end of the month that you can help out. First of all, how did you get involved with this?
3: So in September of 2020, um, our son Isaac was born and he was doing great, like the first 24 hours. And then he started to not do so great. He stopped eating um, and he had a distended belly. So we ended up taking him to the NICU and um, we got transferred to Riley after about two days in the NICU in Evansville. And when we arrived at Riley, they the doctors there told us they suspected that he had cystic fibrosis from him not being able to have a bowel movement and i thought that the doctor got his medical degree from um, walmart and he had no idea what he was talking about because my baby couldn't go to the bathroom what does that have to do with cystic fibrosis Um, But that doctor was correct. Turns out he did not get his degree from Walmart. He knew what he was talking about. Um, And Isaac did end up having cystic fibrosis. Uh, We got that diagnosis when he was eight days old, when we were in the NICU at Riley. We ended up spending a little bit over two weeks there with Isaac. Um, And so, yeah, it was a huge shock to us because we... Neither of us knew of any family history of cystic fibrosis, um, but it is, uh, my husband David and I are both carriers of the gene, and um, Isaac had a 25% chance of having it, and uh, he has it.
0: Okay, I'm not sure, uh, how do people not even uh, have the gene? Is it just like is it blood work is it uh, yeah
3: it would be it would be genetic testing you can get that done through blood work um and we did not get any of that testing done because we didn't have a reason that, to yeah
0: that's what i mean that's you know that's on the same line as you know um and i maybe it's not on the same line but somebody who you know feels great then they can get some have a reading on a heart like you got a problem. I don't feel a problem. Right. It's there. We see it. Yes. Yep. And that's just, unless you get tested, you never know. Right. Wow. Okay. So from that point on, what did you do?
3: Um, so from that point, uh, (laughs) Isaac was, when we were in the NICU, he was eating, um, but he was having some issues digesting the food that he was eating. So we found out that he was pancreatic insufficient. And that means he can't, like his pancreas doesn't absorb fat the way that other people's pancreases do. Mm -hmm. So he has to take enzymes every time he eats anything that has fat in it. So that's been the biggest thing for us um since his diagnosis is just the medications that he has to take daily just to be able to eat. Um we have we had follow-up appointments after he first got diagnosed at Riley, we would go I think like once a month for a while there and then we were able to back off and go every other month. Um, and now we just go four times a year so every three months we go and we were able to actually get um, transferred down to Evansville they have some Riley physicians that go down to the down to Deaconess it's the Deaconess Riley Specialty Clinic so we're able to just go to Evansville now Um, he has to get his throat swabbed every three months to check and see if there's any new bacteria growing so like For us, if we have that bacteria growing, it's no big deal to us, and it wouldn't make us super sick. But for him, there's certain bacteria that he could culture that could be really dangerous for him. Um, So we just have to stay on top of that. And then he has um, breathing treatments, and he has uh, his chest physiotherapy vest that... um, We do twice a day and that just, it's like a vest that hooks up to this um, machine that pushes air through it and it kind of just like shakes him. Um, And it's supposed to help break up the mucus in his lungs. Um, And then he was actually able to here recently start on a new medication called Trikafta, which was just approved for ages two through five. So we were able to start that um, at the beginning of July. And he's been doing really well with that. We, we struggled for a while with him with weight gain. He, I think it was like a 9 to 10-month period, and he hadn't even gained one pound. Um, so now that he's been on Trikafta, in just one month, he's gained almost four pounds. So that has been a huge thing for us.
0: Okay. Now, is it, is, is it hard to gauge because he's so young, so little? I mean... To what's going on you know and when we're bigger we can really physically see it right but right. for a baby it's they can't like speak to you and like say i don't yes. feel good i mean it's right. hard to really gauge this
3: yes it is and it has gotten a little bit easier now that he's he's almost three so he's able to talk more but uh when he was just one i think he was like 13 or 14 months he had covid and that was really scary and we didn't know like you know he sounded horrible but we we didn't know how how he was feeling and so that was really hard it's, it's getting better now because he can he can kind of tell us what's going on um but i'm we're just hoping it gets better uh the older that he gets
0: sure and i'll be honest i don't know a lot about cystic fibrosis mm-hmm. i just know that it requires treatment and really have to pay attention to the way they feel in their illnesses, are they more susceptible to catching things?
3: Yes, they are. And it's just like, like if we get a little cold or a little cough, it's no big deal. If Isaac gets a little cold or a cough, it can turn into a really big deal if we don't immediately start his sick protocol which means like we're doing we're bumping the treatments up we're bumping the vest physiotherapy up to instead of maybe once or twice a day we're going to do it at least four times a day so then he's ending up spending almost two hours of his day doing those treatments but if we don't stay on top of it then that's where we can end up you know get him getting hospitalized or something like that
0: okay all right so anyway that's uh that's I know a challenge, mm-hmm. okay. All right, but just boy, listening to you talk though, almost like you went to med school. <laughs> I'm like, wow, all this <laughs> coming. All right, now let's talk where the where family comes in on this. All right, because uh, here you are with a son that uh, you know, a young one. Everybody wants a hug. Everybody wants a hold. Everybody wants mm-hmm. to, you know. But you got to be careful though, don't you? Right. Okay? Yes. But your family is aware of that mm-hmm. though.
3: Hmm. They're yes, they're pretty good about it for sure. It's just, um, it's other people that aren't family, I guess. Um, you know, going out in public and when you're sick that, um, it, it's dangerous for people that are immunocompromised like Isaac. So, right.
0: Well, I know your family, they're a bunch of huggers, (laughs) (laughs) Yes. (laughs) but that's great. But, but you know what though, you got to have some sort of norm normal in, in this, don't you? Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, but I mean, if you if you brought him in right now, I probably wouldn't know it. Would I?
3: Right. No, nope. no. No. And you s- can't tell just by looking at
0: him. No, I know. And that's what is so. I mean, I think one of the biggest challenges. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. But your family knows. We're talking about it. Obviously, it's something you're, you feel comfortable talking about. Yeah. She wouldn't be. But uh, is this something also as he gets older? Are. Are we going to see more medicines or maybe less medicines? So or?
3: it's progressive. Uh-huh. Um, so it's it's just the damage to his lungs is just going to keep happening. Um, but with this new medicine, since he was able to start it so young, we're hoping that it will prevent some of the damage that um, is happening to, like, the older population that has cystic fibrosis. So right now, the Trikafta, it's, it's more of a preventative thing, but... You also have to remember that cystic fibrosis is progressive, so it's he's not going to get any better than what he is right now. We just hope that he won't get any worse. Worse,
0: right. Now, this should not affect his growth or anything or anything like that. Will it?
3: They do sometimes have a hard time gaining weight, um, a lot of kids with cystic fibrosis have just like problems eating they don't have an appetite and then it's hard to get them to gain weight so we kind of struggled with that for a little bit but we're hoping with the with the new medicine that he started it's definitely helped his his appetite i feel like he's eating all day long now so Hopefully, we're not going to have that issue anymore. But it it can affect some people's growth. Yes.
0: Can he have a little cheeseburger from McDonald's? Oh
3: my gosh, he would love to have that every day. <laughs> okay. Yes. All right.
0: Good. All right. Let's take a break. We'll have more with Holly after this in the morning chat on WAOV. Welcome back to the morning chat with Ed Ballinger here on WAOV. Holly Bruner, our guest, talking about cystic fibrosis and. Uh, her son, Isaac, is. you say he's three, right? Almost wow. three, yeah. Almost three, wow. Got that birthday party all planned already?
3: Uh, no. <laughs>
0: <Okay>. <laughs> Working on it, huh? Yeah, sure, <laughs> okay, sure. Right. We'll go with that. All righty. Okay. Hey, you have an event coming up at the end of the month. Tell me about it.
3: Yes. So on August 30th at the Moose Lodge here in Vincennes, we are going to have a bingo and silent auction fundraiser. Um, we're going to have dinner. There's going to be 13 games of bingo And lots and lots and lots of prizes, door prizes, bingo prizes, and silent auction items. We've gotten a ton of donations from local businesses and just people that want to help out. And then other places like the St. Louis Cardinals donated like eight tickets and some little baskets and Um, we've got lots of good stuff going on that night. I think it, the doors open at five and then bingo is going to start at six and that's on August 30th.
0: Okay. August 30th. Okay. Now, what are you hoping to do with this event?
3: So we are taking all the proceeds from this fundraiser and they are going to the cystic fibrosis foundation. It'll be the Indiana chapter, um, that gets them, but it's also like a national thing. There are cystic fibrosis foundations everywhere. Um, And the Cystic Fibrosis Foundation is near and dear to our heart because they fund a lot of the research that goes into treatments and therapies and medications and different things like that for everyone that's living with cystic fibrosis. And it has really benefited um, our Isaac.
0: Oh, sure. Sure. Okay. Uh, Who came up with this idea?
3: Uh, so it was Tammy Howell. She has been doing this fundraiser for years. She's been fundraising for the Cystic Fibrosis mm-hmm. Foundation. She is a respiratory therapist over at Good mm-hmm. Sam, um, so that's kind of how she got into. We've it. had her on
0: many times. Yes.
3: So um, she is. She has just been you know, rocking it with the fundraising for several years now. And I think she's getting a little tired and she's ready to, um, start handing over the reins. So she's been helping a lot this year with it, but I think she's hoping to, um, start taking just a couple steps back. And, um, so she contacted us and asked if we would be willing to start taking it over and we were happy to do it.
0: Wow. Yeah. Tammy's been involved quite a bit cause we've had her on the show. And, uh, but I, I thought this was a more of a fall event, or well, it used to be a walk, didn't it? A, yeah,
3: so they have we have walks every year um, in the spring. Oh, in the spring. okay. Yes. Yep. All
0: right.
3: um, our walk, they, they, I think they had three locations this year in Indiana. So we went to the one in Evansville. Um, that was in May. So that's another big. It's the Great Strides Walk. That's another another big fundraiser for us isaac's team is called on the go with isaac joe and we do lots of different fundraising events for that too
0: okay wonderful so anyway uh, that's on august 30th on
3: august 30th yeah. wow at the,
0: at the moose lodge yep all right um i never went at bingo <laughs>
3: <laughs> me neither i,
0: I just <laughs> i, I played bingo on at the moose on cruise ships um uh, parties. I can't ever win, mm-hmm. so. but that's okay. Everybody's winner who comes.
3: That's right. That's right. Okay.
0: Mm-hmm. Now let's just talk about, uh, when you, when you have a child with cystic fibrosis, is, is it truly a day by day or, I mean, is it hard to say like, you know, when they get into elementary school or, I mean, can you do that? I mean, I do. You yeah. Do
3: yeah. So it's, um, right now i it's, it's okay. It's not too bad. I am worried about him getting into school because right now my mom keeps him or um, David has the boys um, if he hasn't worked the night before because he works nights. But um, So Isaac's not really exposed to a whole lot of germs right now, um, and thankfully, knock on wood, we haven't had to deal with a lot of sicknesses. We have had to deal with some of them, um, but not a whole lot. Um, and the, the main thing right now is just the, his digestion issues and making sure we're giving him enough medicine with the food that he's eating and things like that. But it, it is a day-by-day day thing, and um, right now I'm, I'm kind of at My nerves are at ease with that just because I know he's in good hands. Um, but whenever he gets into school, there's going to be a lot more germs, and um, I'm, I'm not going to have as much control over that. So um, that's going to be a struggle for sure.
0: Does it help having family members in, in the medical field?
3: Oh yes, for sure. I've got, my mom's a nurse. Um, I have several aunts that's a nurse. Then my cousin Kara's a nurse practitioner. So it's very nice to be able to talk to all of them. Um, I'm sure they're probably sick of me sometimes, um, but that's okay. <laughs> okay. Well, when you found
0: out that Isaac did have cystic fibrosis, I mean, was it like a mad rush to find out more and more? Were you like a sponge? Just give me this information. Yes. Give it to me. I mean, yes. you're a teacher. You're right. Teachers teach. Right. But now you're the students. Yes.
3: So we had, right after he got diagnosed, we had um, the cystic fibrosis team at Riley. They came to his NICU room and kind of sat down and talked with us. And um, I had already come up with a whole slew of questions. Um to ask them, and um, my aunt is a nurse at Riley actually, so she came up um, to the meeting that we had with them uh, just because, you know, I'm a teacher and David is a police officer, and we don't really know a whole lot when it comes to medical things. So we didn't know a lot of the questions that we needed to be asking. Um, and then we also have like a cystic fibrosis community that we've um, kind of formed very good relationships with. And, um, those people have given us good questions to ask also. Um, but you know, we have like this notebook of all this information on him at one time I was writing down his weight every single day. Um, but I, I feel like, you know, the doctors are experts on cystic fibrosis, but I am the expert on my child. So. Absol- oh, absolutely.
0: <laughs> good point. Great points. Right. So, um Uh, what do you tell Isaac's brother when he gets old enough about this?
3: What do I tell his brother? When he gets old enough. Um, Have you ever thought about that when he
0: gets older? I haven't.
3: I really haven't thought about, we've, we've talked about kind of what, what are we going to tell Isaac, but we haven't really talked about what are we going to tell Emmett. Um, I don't know. I've always thought, um, if we have another child that doesn't have cystic fibrosis, Mm -hmm. then he'll be, you know, Isaac's. Isaac's biggest cheerleader he's going to be his his best friend and his number one support system so we're probably just going to tell Emmett you know this is your brother has to do a lot of things that um most other kids don't have to do and will never have to do in their lives but um you know you have to be a support for him you've got to be his his best friend and um his number one cheerleader
0: yeah I think also it's going to help that um uh, South Knox community is really tight. Yes, for sure. And then when Isaac does go to school, I don't think you're going to have to have a problem with that. (laughs) Would you want to teach him?
3: Uh, No, I would not. Okay. I do not want to teach him. No. Okay. All right. No, I just, that's... I think kids, a lot of times they learn better from people who are not their parents. (laughs) (laughs) Okay.
0: Well, um, so what do you hope, if you come on the show next year talking about this, What do you hope to tell me about what's going on?
3: I hope to tell you that, um, first of all, we raised a ton of money at our bingo fundraiser. That's in August. And that they have come even further with um, the therapies and the treatments with cystic fibrosis. They have just recently started um, gene editing trials.
0: I have no idea what that is.
3: I don't either. Um, I have tried to do some research, but it, there's just it's just so new. There's not a whole lot out there on it yet. So, I'm I would hope a year from now that we have more information on that, and um, we're, we would just be even closer to finding him a cure. Because I know it sounds cliche, but um, they really are getting so close, and yeah. they've just come so far, even in the past ten years with their research oh so.
0: sure sure they have I, I, I know that for a fact so uh, again the fundraiser is august 30th at the moose lodge what were the times again uh,
3: the doors open at five uh and that's for dinner and just kind of getting your bingo stuff situated and then um bingo starts at six
0: and what's the cost
3: uh it's twenty dollars a ticket
0: Wow. Where can they get tickets at?
3: Uh, they can contact me. Um, they can call my phone number or um, contact me on uh, Facebook or um, they can buy them at the door. But we can only allow 200 people um, to buy tickets and we are over 100 right now. So there's not going to be. Whoa. Oh, wow. <laughs> yes. Wow. Wow, that's great. Yes,
1: yes.
3: <laughs> that's
0: a Saturday night, isn't it?
3: It's a Wednesday. It's a Wednesday? Yes.
0: Okay. Um, well, it is a Wednesday night, not Yeah, isn't it?
3: it's a Wednesday
0: night. Oh, wow, Wednesday night bingo. Yeah. Oh, there you go. All right, if anybody has any questions, who they contact?
3: Uh, they can contact me, um, and my phone number is 812-890-4369.
0: All righty. Holly, thank you so much for joining us. Great, great conversation, and uh, good luck with the event. Thank you. All right, stay tuned. Midday Edition is next on WAOV.